everyone. Welcome to Grim After Dark and Frontline Gaming Network's weekly interview show where we hit the high points of the last week in the Frontline Gaming Work Network community, talk to the best players and content creators from around the world about the one thing we all love, Warhammer. Tonight, very special episode. We are joined by the incomparable Taylor, uh, the man with one of the biggest lore repositories known to man, as to talk about why he really, really dislikes the phenomenal Black Sea Legion series. Uh, and as a counterpoint to this, because it's a book I love, and it's a phenomenal talent of Horus, which is what we're talking about, phenomenal. It's a great book. Uh, we also brought on Tanner. Uh, Tanner is a chaos player extraordinaire, and he's the unofficial Art of War cabana boy. Uh, so he's going to come in here to help tell us why the the Black Legion Talent of Horus is an amazing chaos book. And because we have more guests this time, we have what everyone loves more televisions so get ready for that guys uh my co-host as always needs no introduction he loves correcting people on rules uh paint jobs anything so much he's legitimately going to law school as a way to learn how to argue he's right even more is danny mcdevitt hey john great to be here as always thanks for uh thanks for having me on You're i mean welcome. i guess i, I don't know because you're contractually obligated to or something I have to ask you weekly still. I think it's just like a power trip <laughs> from you on that part. Um, true. Danny, Warhammer Plus launches tomorrow with a full suite of animation, apps, memberships, uh, hundreds of back issues of White Dwarf. Danny, how long do you think you're going to spend reading up on all the exciting old news of 5th edition Warhammer fans? <laughs> as much time as I can possibly spare, John. So I'm pretty excited about it. I can't wait to sign up. Yeah, so so what is it? Uh, did you catch the the animation, the old Bayleye that they kind of released as the teaser episode on Saturday? Well, this Saturday I drove uh, like an hour and a half to go play in an RTT, so I didn't really have any time <laughs> on Saturday to do anything other That's than fair. that. Yeah. That's fair. It is super good. Uh, I'm excited to see all the content coming in from there. Of course, uh, like six bucks a month or whatever, it might be your five pounds uh, wherever that might be in your area for like a lot of great content. I'm excited to see what's there beyond that. Uh, and really, I want to go back and look at old Dwarf versus Bretonian battle reports in the old Warhammer uh, <laughs> fantasy battles, which, man, gyrocopters, aren't they a thing? Yeah, anyway, they sure are. That's not the only new thing we have coming. Uh, with what is now a weekly uh, reminder that the worst Space Marine chapter uh, of all time, uh, the Black Templars, are officially getting a supplement. Uh, that means there's new models coming. Uh, the new Black Templar initiate was shown off with a questionable flamer uh, that was not the only recipient of the fastest FAQ in GW history, uh, but it was also shown a flamer that would either not pass an OSHA health inspection uh, or does no damage to power armor. As we can see in this wonderful meme here, the barrel's longer, uh, so it shoots further. Uh, Danny, if, if you look at the, the, the fist holding the barrel, or holding the gun right above the barrel mm -hmm. where it's at its hottest. Uh, is this just GW acknowledging that the Black Templars are a terrible, abhorrent codex uh, that doesn't deserve to be an army? And if they have to make it, they're going to make the worst possible models. So, uh, or is it a design choice? <laughs> Thanks for the <laughs> two incredible options there, John, uh, for to answer that question with. Uh, I kind of imagine that he spins it around in a circle on the chain and spits fire in a in a in a whirling kind of dervish like manner, uh, as befits the Black Templar. I'm I'm pretty excited to see this on the table. I I am not. Uh, <laughs> wonderfully to see that it was originally 
a damage to Flamer, which everyone was like, oh, that's so great. But then, yeah. of course, UW realized it was a Black Templar, uh, so they put that back down to damage one, uh, where it deserves to be in the trash with the rest of that Black Templar codex. <laughs> uh, we will bring you continual updates about how awful Black Templars are in the weeks and months leading up to this year. Of course, GW's roadmap lets us know when that is coming, uh, so you guys, as an audience, will learn when this awful bit will end, uh, which will be probably somewhere around the codex release date. Hashtag not a real space marine chapter. Not a real space marine chapter. You don't have a home planet. In fact, no, we're going to have a whole separate episode, which is just us saying why Black Templars are awful. Um, <laughs> Danny, joke strats have been a thing. We've had like Wrath of Duncan, I think was one of them for yeah, unpainted models. Uh, I, this one caught my eye on Discord this week. Uh, it's the Agony of Defeat. Oh, where okay. I use it at Use the strategy at the end of the game once the final point scores have been tallied. If you would lose the game, uh, instead select one character or core model that was slain during the course of the game, roll six dice, and mention how bad your luck has been in the game. You may explain to your opponent how you could have won if the rolls mm -hmm. had gone differently or if the secondaries you picked were different. You still lose the game. Um, losing happens to a lot of us, Danny. Uh, if you could delve deep into that uh, computer-like mind of yours and imagine what it's like to lose the Warhammer... Um, what are some things a player should really take away? Like, to be serious for a second here, because we've all had those games uh, where we've went to our opponents and our opponents have been like, yeah, if I just rolled better, this game would be way different. And you're like, well, yeah, dude, it's a probability game. That's that's kind of how it goes. Right, right. But what so, should people try and take away from a loss to improve? Yeah, so uh, directing the, all the power of my Casio wristwatch calculator brain uh, into this, um, uh, I would say that I probably have used this stretchroom like a bunch of times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so to be fair, this would probably be one of my one of my most favorite stretchrooms. Did it actually cost command points? I mean, for a zero CP strat, it seems pretty good. You might as well use it. Yeah, like you already lost the game. You can't lose right. Anything yeah, else. yeah. You can't lose anything else except for your dignity. So, <laughs> which you're playing Warhammer. It's some. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have um, any anyway. No. No, absolutely not. Uh, guys, I love these joke stratagems so much. I found like two more, but I didn't want to send like 15 fake strats to Val to be like, okay, we're going to go through all of these and I'm just going to read pictures the whole time because I know what that conversation is going to go like. Send us your favorites. I would love to see and read some more. And everyone in chat right now who's saying that Black Templars aren't terrible, you're awful people and you're wrong. <laughs> And also, way to bring the fans together. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, finally, here in, in picture-based news, Seth Oster of the Seth the Mad Dog YouTube channel and weekly confused-looking talking head on signals from the front line uh, recently won the best Wah Boss competition in the Pacific Northwest Territory uh, and was awarded a really amazing statue of a goat that was graciously given to him. Uh, the, the, the host was like, you have to return next year with this. And like a jerk who just is not appreciative at all, he's like, you know what? That's not good enough. I'm going to make my own trophy. And boy, did he. Uh, he made this. Uh, this is a life-size chopper. I think he made it in literally three and a half hours from like thought to completion. Mm -hmm. uh, Danny, how much do you think uh, him being uh, primarily a veterinarian for birds, which of course, as we all know, don't really exist, right. gave him enough free time to make this amazing thing so quickly? So first of all, I'd just like to point out that this just confirms that Seth is actually probably an orc. 
um, because three hours from build to conception seems about the amount of time it would take to make an actual choppa. And secondly, because he is a bird vet, that just means he's a mechanic because mm-hmm. everybody knows birds aren't real. So yeah. it does make sense he would be able to construct this so quickly. So this all checks out to me. I'm not surprised. Um, I, he's just going to be just as confused looking tomorrow as he was last week. So yeah, uh, we're excited fair. to watch him uh, on Signals. Yeah, every Wednesday. And the best part is when Tricky Dick gets bored and Seth turns green. Uh, I think that's my favorite part of Signals. It's pretty um, great. So finally... SoCal, uh, the SoCal Open is still super close. Tickets are selling out fast. It's going to be October 22nd through the 24th uh, in the beautiful California beachy shores. Uh, Get your tickets now and look at me. Get this website address, right? Frontlinegaming.org. I'm sorry. Wait. Three people. Very proud of me right now. Did you say the beachy shores? Oh, yeah, for sure. Beachy shores. Is that where it's at? (laughs) I was, and I just, I think I have my producer saying something in my ear real quick, just to, to confirm something. Yeah, Denny, he said you're a massive jerk, and you should oh, absolutely true. appreciate my jokes. I, uh, I won't. Also, <laughs> this week, in, in amazing network news, I'm uh, going against production notes, Danny, really. Uh, 40K Game Changers is back with a brand new episode with Josh Diffie, if I can say his name right. Holy cow. Um, Steve Joel amazing interviewer comes up with some great content really gets to the meat the meat of the issue and gets to know this person i hadn't heard a lot about him before uh, of josh before this guy is, is super interesting and i can hardly recommend mm-hmm. this episode of 40k game changers oh totally you know it's going to be good you know it's yeah. going to be good like this guy is the is the mind behind uh down under pairings right yep so it's yeah. uh, it's going to be it's going to be a solid episode yeah absolutely so then and then the other thing I want to touch on really quick, if I know, we're going to touch that on next week. That's a little spoiler uh, that had no information. Oh. Danny, <laughs> do you want to take us through what's going to be happening today? All right. So today uh, on our uh, amazing uh, interview that we have with these two fine, fine guests, we have uh, we have this very special episode of Taylor. Um, the greatest chaos book ever created, Talon of Horus, is the focal point as Taylor shares his loathing of what the book, of the book, to the point in which we had to bring in Black Legion apologist Tanner Herbert to defend this masterpiece of Black Library lore. Oh. There's so many TVs. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> yep. I think you guys the are most here. Imp- the most important thing to take away from this, guys is it's pronounced Herbert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And you also Thank said you very much, Sean. So, Taylor, uh, you have bad opinions and you hate Black Legion. Uh, and then Tanner, you have bad opinions and you love Black Legion. So we That's wanted correct. to bring both of you guys on to kind of talk about this. So uh, as the defending kind of home guest, I would say, Taylor, I'm going to have you start off and start telling us about Talon of Horus. And then Tanner, at any time, feel free to jump in and disagree. Uh, and then Danny and I are going to act like, you know, those two parents in the supermarket who are trying to hold the kids apart. Uh, that's kind of our role for this here. So, Taylor, Talon of Horus, arguably, uh, in the fact that it cannot be argued, uh, the greatest chaos book of all time. Okay, cool. So, glad to be here, for one. Uh, I love being wrong about things. Two, to start off, I think we can all agree that magic just sucks, Right. Magic is terrible. Magic is incredibly lame. Magic. Like the gathering? 
Yeah, well, all that, but also like because you know, you're a little off topic already. Um, oh, so like you yeah, think? Can you really please hard. get on topic? Yeah. Before I am. we start here, uh, Ben, okay. I'm just going to cut, cut you guys off here. Before we start, uh, there's the entire possibility that this episode's going to have spoilers about Talonaporus. Uh, one, it's like a 17 year old book. Uh, go read it; it's amazing. Two, uh, you likely. <laughs> You likely won't understand a lot of what's going on if you haven't read it, so it's fine. Um, but if you don't want to have any of Talon of Horus ruined for you, um, mute your thing, keep listening or watching. Those numbers are super cool. Taylor. So, like I said, uh, magic being incredibly lame is like a fundamental part of the human experience, so I'm glad we could all agree there. Anyway, so this book is about uh, Magic Man Kaon, the whiniest boy to ever live and his fun adventures with people who are intensely more interesting than he is. Uh, first chapter starts off with uh, Lior, who's the world eater um, heavy bolter guy. Don't don't call him his nickname. He doesn't like that. And the, oh God, uh, Falcus Kyber, the guy who definitely doesn't die in Saturnine, probably. Um, they're there, and Falcus is like, man, <laughs> you know what sucks? My whole legion is dead or whatever. I gotta go find Abaddon or something. And Kaon is like, yeah, I sure do exist in this scene. I have a lot to contribute. And then the Emperor's children show up. And the Emperor's children are like, man, we sure are gonna kill all of you guys. I don't like that you exist. Falcus especially. And uh, Kaon is like, well, that's cool. I'm gonna use magic, that thing that sucks, to completely <laughs> skip this encounter and just leave. I'm gonna open a portal in reality and just zip on out of here because nothing has any consequences when you're a magician cool um and then all right all right all right <laughs> oh i already danny, got it danny, we got our we got our first interruption right here danny you, you want to oh. take this away with with your champion I, I Boy. Your guest, yeah 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 tanner please please explain to taylor how wrong he is taylor let me back up a little bit okay. first Thanks for having me, guys, to talk about this excellent, <laughs> excellent book. Let us please uh, make sure we get the formalities of thanking us hugely out of the way first. Before we <laughs> Our no egos demand it. I didn't have any other plans tonight, so this is perfect. Because we have to back up from this first scene, Taylor. Oh yeah. This okay. is a great book, okay? And I hear your opening complaint. The Kion doesn't do anything. True. More or less, right? Agreed. This is a complaint. Fair, fair, fair. This fair. is a classic Black Library book written in the vein of the best Dan Abnett. This is a narrative structure that if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to like any of the best 40K books because okay. Kion is telling a story. The book doesn't actually start with Leor Firefist, don't call him that. It right. starts with him telling you, the reader, from his chained up cell deep in the bowels of the inquisition somewhere i'm going to tell you a story and it's all going to be true right which is so definitely not true because he's a chaotic magician point. okay actually cool interesting uh so i personally think that kaon doesn't lie one time during this book at all do you so you don't think that you think he's a big liar man i actually think you're correct but i think there's supposed to be some tension throughout the novel in the constant reminders when he addresses sort of the fourth wall break to the audience or the Inquisition interrogators, right. when he constantly says, and I tell you no lies, there's right. supposed to be some tension there. Sure, I agree. I, I yeah. do think he doesn't do any big lies. 
other than you know his whole existence being completely hollow and meaningless. Uh, Perfect for a thousand sun sorcerer. That's right. on brand. Well, so sorcerers, I don't agree with the other dudes, rubrics or whatever. Who cares? Yeah, them. That's probably fine. Um, so, oh my, I completely forgot what I was saying. You were I, talking about how great Black Legion I'm is, a fool. particularly no, in town. I feel like you're lying to me. And that doesn't okay. seem very fair. I'm very gullible. Um, okay, so, right. So, oh, got it. Cool. We're at, n there's no consequences for being a magician. Got there. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so he opens a portal across an entire solar system uh, just for fun. Uh, I'm just going to peace out, guys. Leave. See ya. Um, also, I can do this in the middle of a warp storm. Uh, this has no bearing on my ability at all. It's fine. Uh, and then Lior and uh, Falcus. Falcus got there are like, actually, it would be cool if we didn't die as well. What do you think about that? What do you think of it? And Kaon is like, uh, I'm not really a character that has any say in anything that happens to me in my life. So you can just do whatever you want. Yeah, come with me. That's fine. Boy, I hate to correct you, my dude, but Falcus actually runs off and he has to talk Lior into coming with him because they, like you, hate space wizards. It's true. It's a bias that doesn't fly in Warhammer 40,000. I think it's, it's the, the correct bias. It's filled with space wizards in the eye. Okay. So that doesn't get you very far. They're all wrong and they're all bad. Objective okay. truth. Yeah. Cool. Please continue. Right. So, okay. <laughs> So, so right. So <laughs> Lior shows up and he's like, cool, I'm here. I have my eight friends. They're my best buddies in the whole world or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Kaon sends his two best buddies in the whole world who can't speak because they're dust. Sends them through the portal. One makes it. The other one doesn't make it. Actually, he does make it. He just comes back because, again, being a wizard has no consequences. Uh, but then the Emperor's children show up and they're like, God, we're just going to kill you guys so big. So hard. Uh, and then Telemachon is there, and Kaon is like, Telemachon, why did you betray me, like, literally a thousand years ago? What's up with that? Do you remember that one time on the Walls of Terror where you didn't show up or whatever? And Telemachon is like, yeah! <laughs> Lamau! Okay, cool, I'm gonna kill you now. Uh, so, I, I will say, okay, so, uh, even though you're technically my champion here with this, uh, like, one time has no meaning in the warp. So, what well, was, sure. like, a thousand years ago, could have been, like, last Tuesday. We're like, what the heck? the scouring so it is objectively in at least a thousand years later but an excellent fine. mission and we all are too biased towards it like, <laughs> towards all right, i well, run at it every rtt yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm, literally, I'm literally going to cry and then although Kaon, you say like magic has no consequences do you feel the fact that like Kaon being a, a high-ranking member of the black legion and like Abaddon having the favor or the all four of the chaos gods wanting the favor of him would actually give him like greater control because like, oh, look, we didn't turn your pet into a warp spawn. Yeah, totally. It'd be really cool, though, if any of that had happened yet at this point in the story. I would it, like to jump in about consequences and about where the story's going because we're spoiling this book. Yeah, it's fine. Being a space <laughs> wizard does not come with the consequences of, oh, I cast Smite a bunch of times and I'm tired. It comes right. with the same set of consequences that you see in books like Eisenhorn and Ravner, mm. where it sets you apart from the rest of the world. Oh, like, I was going to say you just get vaguely tired. Well, yeah, you immediately get a little worn out. And they there's a lot of internal monologue about how they're tired 
from right. hexagrammatic wards I'm and fire and whatnot. thinking big, large. They think use, so large. Using my brain. But, oh my gosh. Danny, they this, have very, I was going to say, Danny, they have very unique views on space wizards, um, which I just want to you know, correct. Both of our lore experts here, it's referred to as psychers. Uh, oh, thank I, you very much. Yeah, Sorry. For, first of all, I'd like to say, John, I'm really surprised to see you take kind of the viewpoint of Black Templars in this debate. So I'm kind of disappointed in you. But Dude, just don't even. <laughs> I have a. Psychers are the ultimate evolution. Right here, I will pull this. <laughs> well, I'm not in Alaska anymore, John. You can't threaten me with a good time. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's not what the intro trailer. says, Danny. <laughs> Secondly, psychers are the ultimate evolution of humanity. So, of course, they're going to be bigger brained than anyone else, right? They're they they should be better than everyone else. I, I think they should uh, have their souls chained to a big chair and their, <laughs> their thinking should be less large and only used when the big scary man says it's cool. Now <laughs> you're thinking like a Black Templar Taylor. I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's that's really fine. Black Templar vibes. I have no. Zealot right now. <laughs> I think that Kion is another cool space wizard. Hmm. I know Tyler's going to edit that to Space Wizard, though, Danny, so it, I'm just going to keep playing <laughs> Space Wizard. He's another cool Space Wizard character that serves in this narrative framework as your narrator, right? He's not sure. really the main player of the story as much as the book is quote about him. Right. And the consequences that we're going to see for this guy go way down the line in his relation to his brother, Marines, his... Can I describe his retinue? Is it time? Can we can we talk about the retinue? God, they're I want so to do a Taylor lame. style description. Let me do a yeah. Taylor style yeah. description of this retinue. Oh, I'm so ready. Do it up, do it up, do it up. All right. Just like Eisenhorn had some people who followed him around, or Ravner, our boy Kion also has a retinue. And it goes as such. Firstly, he has Leorvine, his angry, angry world eater's best friend, who you meet in the beginning of the book. Later on, he will have Telemachon, super smooth talking Emperor's Children, cool guy friend, right? Are you with me so far? Is he also has a dreadnought. Very close, John. Very close. He has Asher Kai, an old magician mentor who really likes the future and not so much the present or the past. But most importantly, he has super big wolf, Geyer, and super sexy dark elder girlfriend, Nefertari. I can't express How do you, you not like what we've already set up as the core structure of the rest of these novels? I can't it's express It's like anti-Inquisition. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because Except this is in the exists. vein of the best 40K books. Eisenhorn, Ravner, Gaunt's Ghost, Aaron Dembski-Bowden. God. <laughs> Are you aware Man, that I'm Aaron Dembski-Bowden sure. isn't actually a novel? He's actually an author. <laughs> Sorry, let true. me say everything Aaron Dembski-Bowden has written. My bad. Let me just lump it all in there. Night Lord trilogy as well. Okay, so Nefertari is the worst. Okay. Right. Right. Gen generally, just Please describe Nefertari for our. Okay, so Nef Nefertari is a scourge, and she's mm -hmm. got um, she's got Hydra gauntlets, which are strength six minus two, which are pretty good, you know. Pretty good. Uh, they say this in the book. That's an actual line. Yeah. yeah, it's it's, it's, it's in the uh, it's in the front part where it's introducing all the characters. It describes their stats. It's a footnote, actually. I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so first off, Dark Eldar in the Eye of Terror, please instead simply do not. Uh, <laughs> that that's where uh, Mega Satan was born, and the, this specific Mega Satan 
wants only to consume everything that you are. Just don't go there. And you shouldn't be able to go there. I don't understand the mechanics. Mechanically, Hold on, sir. how are you alive? So I was going to say, yes, that's a really do. interesting point because the, the Eldar, so the, the Eldar society, uh, like they're like, like fun key parties that an orgies throughout time is what births Lanesh. Um, and then like the idea of like, and they tore a hole in reality and kind of caused the A of Terra. So the idea that one of the Eldari can just kind of wander back in on a leash as some kind of waifu body pillow for a sorcerer um, is, is, is a little bizarre. Uh, so Tanner, Tanner, how do you justify like your waifu body pillow getting to go into the Eye of Terror? I think the justification, I'm going to continue to spoil this, is that right. she's already died. Right. She's magically manifested by this Danny for you. Clearly alpha plus level space wizard. Oh, and terms. she is fed because Kion loves his pets as much as their friends. They're mostly pets. And he feeds her nonstop souls so that she can survive. However, her reason for being there is explained because she's hiding from the rest of her race. Kamora, yeah. too spooky. Eye of Terror, right level of spooky. Listen, I just, I just <laughs> don't buy... It's in the that, book. I just don't buy that uh okay so imagine you're a grape and you walk into any grandma's house <laughs> okay you step over the threshold you yep. instantly are destroyed right that's close. what happens close you're on the shelf for a brief period of time mm -hmm. and if you just move around the shelf grandma's right. slow if you move nefertari around the eye slanesh can't keep yeah. up that's I just literally the book's plot Let, okay all of Slanesh stuff has advanced in charge, and they move at mm -hmm. least seven. I think we can keep up. It's fine. Blackheart does the same. They move faster. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe it's, it's like the, the it's, grape. The grape can't pass grandmother's threshold, but maybe if the grape was turned into like a small bottle of like Merlot or something like that, it's technically still a grape inside, but it's completely different. So it's not quite as noticed as maybe welcomed into grandma's house. I do Imagine. also want to talk about how much I just loathe that uh she's alive because kaon simply decided just decide it's fine simply decided to uh attach her soul to her body and that mm -hmm. it just works it just yeah. works it's fine you're so magic. okay bo body doesn't decay space no, magic it's fine. no space no magic. it just happened really See, quickly this is why space magic is lame okay why did the thing happen well he just thinks just so hard every day and it's fine this right, is cool. a great very, way to segue to another very satisfied with that narrative filled with space magic we yeah. can agree to disagree on space magic but let's just disagree on the next part where it comes up okay let me do a little summary here i got you they pick up lior he's got right. nine homies they're always angry they fly right. through the warp for a while they yeah. end up at a cool mechanicum planet that's neutral true with me so far right guess who's on the planet Oh my it's God, Falcus. It's, it's, he's right there. He's right there. He's, right, he's there. right there, and he has a demon in him. Now, yeah. he's also got nine homies. Right. And those nine homies have the same demon in them. True. I can't believe you don't like this book yet. They so pick actually, those guys up, and they find actually, out. Yeah? Please go ahead. I do actually ahead. think that's really cool. It's I pretty do, cool. I do actually think the bringers are just very, really cool. They're very I was cool. going to say... D Danny, uh, you've obviously read this book as well. The 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 the, the pyramid scheme of demons here uh, going on. Sort of, what's your opinion? Is this sort of like the the psychic malarkey, like Taylor's talking about, like a a Dusek smite Sheena, 
or like is it more of like the well, the, the cool thing uh that the tanner's talking about yeah yeah no it's I obviously it to... manipulating everything they're both in squads of nine so like it's it seems clear his influence is uh is right there kind of making sure that Kaon is getting pulled in that direction even if Kaon doesn't really want to Oh, so, God. That, okay, but this is about a book about the Black Legion, right? The, uh, the no, Legion. it's not. Yes. That's where you're wrong. That Let me tell you why. No, no, no. This book is not the about the Black Legion. Devil. <laughs> the actual devil. Weirdly enough, Taylor, book two, which I would right. love to discuss, is called Black Legion. This right. is not that book. That's a different book. This book is about what it is to be chaos. It is, what, what's great about this book is that it humanizes all of these elements of chaos that are these like mustache twirling villains from right. all of the Imperial side. And this section that we're skipping over quickly because I want to talk about the Astronomicon because I know that part's going to make you mad. Oh, it, <laughs> this part on the Mechanicum world is genuinely a cool part, especially yeah. if you like Chaos Lore. I totally, are, so I, I totally agree. Yes. I totally agree. What I don't like, we skipped over it. I'm going to go back a little bit. Yeah. We're gonna talk about the bloodthirster. Gotta gotta talk about the ragged knight because I ah the ragged knight sucks so bad. It's pretty lame. So, Kaon has this deck of Yu-Gi-Oh cards that he which is really cool. Actually, that part's really cool. Yes, it is. (laughs) Eisenhorn has a tarot deck. Ravener has a tarot deck. When you're in the Eye of Tear, you have a Yu-Gi-Oh deck, and And it's way sicker. And they do stuff with it. Kaon doesn't do nothing with this thing. He He throws bloodthirster at somebody. That's a huge trap card. Yeah, one time he's like, "God, I can, I can summon the literal left pinky of God Himself, and He will fight for me." Oh, he's being a little disobedient, bad boy. Better just tear him apart with my mind, because again, being a mag- being a magician has no consequences. You can just summon Let- willy nilly from from the shadow realm an actual piece of the God of War and Death, and then whatever he's being a bad boy. Time to dis- time to get rid of him with my brain. John, you play Chaos yeah. and now Grey Knights. Sure. Both sides of the GK Demon matchup. Tell me yeah. that doesn't come apart. That is enacted on the tabletop. You both uh, disappears. No consequences. Couple CP. Bloodthirsters back. Does this not track? Generally, uh, on the tabletop thing, when my demons go into Grey Knights, they very quickly disappear as I play Grey, against Grey Knights, mostly when they have their Psychic Awakening. And this is another footnote, by the way, page 378, uh, where uh, Grey Knights <laughs> had the ability to, when they were up against the Demon Army, just be like, okay, you're dead now. And they're like, well, what you need targeting? They're like, no, no, just the army. It's gone. Uh, and, and the efficiency of having my game done in 15 minutes and then, uh, true story, getting a warning from the judge about being so salty about that matchup uh, means I, I, I'm not a fan of that Grey Knight Demons matchup. All right. I was there playing Custodes versus Grey Knights, <laughs> and I was having an equally horrible screaming time. But anyway. <laughs> Aside from that, uh, Taylor and I both received a talking to at the same time about our attitude. It was awesome. How much fun we were having that day. <laughs> we so, were very loud. Telling of Horace. <laughs> Danny, get us back on track here. <laughs> All right, so so Kaon busts out his dual disc, and then he summons the Ragged Knight. Yeah, he's like, and, let it uh, rip. Yeah, just gave him gave him the what is it, the blue eyed white dragon or whatever, and like <laughs> just honor defense or whatever. He costs seven stars to summon. 
He has no special effects. Amazing. Right. And then whatever, I'm done with him. You just kill him. But to before... be fair, he did kill every Emperor's children except for Telemachon, which is a right. really smooth way to segue a new guy in the cool retinue. The cool True. guy. You need a cool guy in every retinue. It was Fishig, probably, maybe the other guy in Eisenhorn. This one's Telemachon. He's yeah. Sasuke of this of this of this group. I'll tell you God, that. One hundred percent. You're not wrong. <laughs> so after the Ragged Knight uh, bleeds on Telemachon, because you know he got a hit in, this normal jackass just got. Ah, oh, it's fine. Um, after he bleeds on him, and he literally just like dissolves and melts. Kana's like, wow, give me your brain. And he turns off all of his uh, his nerve impulses because as a Slanesh boy, he likes to see the big sound and hear the large color. So he turns off his ability to do that. And he's like, oh, you're going to be my best friend now. We're, this is going to work out really well and nothing is going to go bad here. Give me your brain. Okay. And, no. and it doesn't. Mostly doesn't. So can we agree that the best parts of this book are when you're not following retinue right anime chaos squad and it's sure. showing you the intricacies of what it's like to live in the eye of terror yes i agree cool. so the my biggest problem oh. with Kaon especially is yeah. that he is just placed in front of my way to yes. see more interesting characters and vistas. He is such a nothing. He has no agency. He has nothing to say. He has nothing to do. He doesn't affect any part of the story. Anyone could be Kaon. And Taylor, just, oh. he's the narrator. So, so sure, let's sure, sure, talk sure. about the next space magic part. Right. Let's talk about the projection of the Astronomicon onto the bridge. Hold on. Let me back up slightly. The okay. other cool part about this book is this is not like a big bolter porn book. This is not a noir novel like most of the other good 40K books are. This is actually a swashbuckling novel. This is a novel about space pirates oh, yeah. on ships. There's a ghost, which we're about to get to, and they're chasing a <laughs> mythical ship. That is a dope genre to pull into 40K. So, so you're, you're not wrong, but on the, I would yeah. rather you literally transport Luffy, Luffy from One Piece into you. 40K and uh -huh. make him wear power armor, then have uh -huh. to spend another millisecond with Kion. Kion is a fine narrator. It was that or a ghost. They find out that they are looking for Abaddon's ship. They're looking somewhere off in the distance. Here's your MacGuffin to go get, right? right. And so they embark on this. This is Falcus's request from the beginning. True. On the way, they, f they fly through the solar hot, the big hot spot, whatever they call it, right? Where the Astronomicon's the, uh, light. The fire tide. The Fire Tide. I think that's directly from an Eisenhorn novel as it well. It is. Yes. It, it is. is. Yeah. Absolutely. In the Fire Tide, please tell me about the space magic because this scene right, actually cool. kind of sucks. <laughs> it does suck. So, okay. Look, so guys, guys, before you do this, Taylor, I, I want to re remind you both. We didn't bring up? you on to agree with each other about things. This is like a knockdown, drag out fight. And all this lovey dovey stuff of I want to set you up with this awesome scene. It's kind of real getting to me here, but anyway, I'm excited to hear your. He's look as as Tanner's champion. He's just trying to give Taylor a couple of free points here, where otherwise he's just been schooling them. So Danny, let's just give him an easy one here. You're a law yeah. student currently, right? Let me let me whisper in what my case is. Taylor's now saying good things about the Black Legion book because it's a good book, and you all saw it happen. Oh, I mostly so, just Taylor. Someone put the meme on. It's fine. <laughs> 
anyway, so Taylor, okay, uh, you're, cool. you're going to say this bit here. Please continue telling us your perspective of what, from my hearing right here, is essentially like a really bad 40K version of Ocean's Eleven, where you're just assembling your crew throughout the book. <laughs> so, okay, sure. But we assemble the crew within six minutes of the movie starting. Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, is he in Ocean's Eleven? I don't know, but he's right there. He's wearing purple armor, and I melted his face off. Jenna Aniston, that's an actor, probably. Is she in that movie? She's here. Jenna. Close, close, close. You were really close there. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I appreciate it. I know a lot about media. For sure. All right, anyway. Taylor, I know you love the part in this scene where he talks a lot about how his best goat friend reacts to the Emperor manifesting. Uh, yes. And I heard you earlier talk about right. how you loved that scene when the Emperor manifested in right. one of these new books visibly in front of them. So please tell me about right. this scene yeah. from eight years back where the Very, Emperor manifests right on the boat. Very noted opinions of joy, for sure. Okay, so we're flying through the fire tide, and the fire tide is where the Astronomicon meets the Eye of Terror, and they have a big upsetty spaghetti. Um, they are in the part where it's not too big upsetty spaghetti. There aren't little literal flaming angels or whatever. But, there, I mean, you know, one, it's, right? it's still like, you know, it's on fire or whatever, you know, stuff. So they're flying through. They're having a great time. A dragon attacks them, whatever. It, it's on fire. It dies. Who cares? Huge um, downside of the book is they skip over the Eye of Terror space dragon. That was True. a big lore drop that has never been addressed. I would love to know more about the big space dragon and yep. why it was there in the first place, but whatever. So, okay. So they're flying in, through. They're having a great time. Black Library, in defense of Black Library writers, they probably yeah. got really drunk, wrote down the words flying space dragon, and then when they saw that in the morning, like, oh, I got to fit that in somewhere. Uh, and then It's yeah, obviously an AOS tie-in. Come on. <laughs> True. Uh, True. Space. Yeah. Okay. So we're flying through. We're on fire. We're having an amazing time. Uh, things are totally fine. Whatever. Who cares? And then an old man simply chooses to manifest on the bridge. And the, the old man simply chooses to say, Oh, you know, I'm the Astronomicon. It's me. I'm the, I'm the literal demonic representation of the Astronomicon. And I think that it'd be really great if you just stopped. Yeah, just leave. I don't, it really wouldn't be, it re, oh, Scott, the voice. It, uh, it really wouldn't be good for the Imperium if you just really did anything. So I'm going to need you to turn around and kind of just peace. You dig? And uh, they're like, well, no. Um <laughs> We did the whole heresy thing. You were there. You were I my was supervisor. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, that all happened. We don't have positive opinions. I don't know what you're asking here. And then one of them shoots it and it uh, defecates. And then they kick it. Like in that scene in JoJo where three guys kick another man to death. It's kind of just that but it's an old man on the floor. But also the old man is um, a is pillar. Yes, yes. Except the old man is uh, one of the founding pillars of the setting and probably one of the most important single places in the setting. It's fine. You know, whatever. So, he just he just poops his pants a little bit and he's he killed him. 
God, <laughs> as a Chaos Marine, I feel very PogChamp about this. I think you have slightly misrepresented. I believe Absolutely not. the no. apparition deapparates. He doesn't. I don't believe himself. But... He does. I swear to God. <laughs> I, I promise. I'm with you. you. This is a weaker portion of the book. However, it is cool that if you are all the way out in the eye and just a little bit of the Emperor's light gets through, yeah. it's tired. Man, he's been on that chair for a long time already. It's exhausting. True. By the time that light goes that far, I know light experiences space and time as all one thing, but boy, it's whooped. It's like it's gone way out. Except in the same scene, Kion is like, actually, he could have totally just chosen to kill all of us. I was there. I'm very smart. My brain is huge. He says that <laughs> word for word. He does and say that part. He does. So Danny, Danny, Tanner, and Taylor, they came up with these great things. What is your take on a scene where the Emperor of Mankind uh, and his glistening golden armor is portrayed as uh, an old crippled man that's beaten to death by three Kalos Space Marines on a bridge? I'm very, very pro. Oh, I was going to say Danny. Danny, yeah, yeah. Danny... Yeah, what's his opinion on an old man being beaten to death by three Chaos Marines? Yeah, I'm very like, pro. Oh, that was Emperor. Very pro that happening. That was cool. Well, yeah, it wasn't, but it wasn't the Emperor. It was a piece of the Emperor. It was. And, so, and also, uh, Taylor, if we're talking about establishing lore, if the Astronomicon kills all Chaos that's within reach, right. it's kind of hard to play out the rest of Warhammer. And that's lame, for sure. But I, yeah. I am personally a fan of every faction being represented as a big cool boy in in the in the books that they're in that's the just, book you're reading i just Chaos space marines are all big cool boys yeah and but you know what like, happens after this point they find the biggest joke. coolest boy all of they their find big him cool boyitude is taking away from everybody <laughs> else's big cool boyitude they're they're the boys in school who just drop kick you from 27 miles away no 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 Terror to have a cool spot. It's like right. if the goths from high school found the darkest underbridge spot, oh, right? That's yeah. where they dance. That, yes. That Please. Reminds me. That reminds me. Go for it. Uh, I just want to talk about how I think it is the funniest thing in the world that the Chaos Marines are like, God, the Imperium betrayed us, and I'm not pleased about that. They're the bad guys. And, okay, they are the bad guys. I just think it's beyond funny to be like, man, that dude who I just stabbed in the throat from behind, he just shot me. I'm upsetting about that. That is not fair. And then you put me in a big hole, and I've been in this hole for six years. I think this is another mischaracterization, though I'm kind of with you. I think, again, the best part of this book is the humanization of chaos, and that you get oh. to see both. Hold on. Let me make a quick case for this. You totally. get to see that they are cognizant of what they are. Right. This really... We got to talk about when they find Abaddon before we wrap up. Because totally. he's he is the voice that expresses this. But they sure. are cognizant of what they are, that they're fallen, that their life sucks. They have self-rationalized themselves to being like the just force in their own little personal narratives. Right. But they also still do terrible all the time. Right. And they're just like, oh, we just have to do it. I have to take my cool, really likes the big noise, really likes the bright color guys, senses right. away. What else are you going to do? That's yeah, a like, good way to characterize evil. If you're trying to set an opposition faction to the Imperium, which is this like crazy uh -huh. fascistic faction, make right. guys who do evil 
and feel like it's the thing that they have to do. That's a believable right. villain for the and only time it's ever been portrayed in 40K. I totally agree. I just think you should instead read the Fabulous Bill books where it's much better. And also, Kion is still here getting in my way of seeing cooler people. Well, let's Please talk about Fabulous well, Bill. Let's we jump in here real quick here. Um, before we have Danny, Danny's going to bring in some stuff here about the main character of this book, which is Abaddon, or Abaddon, or Abudin, or however you want to say it here. Abby Daddy. I just, want to, uh, I just want to address one thing before I throw this over to you, Danny, here in the chat here. Someone said the emperor appears as an old man dying under a tree in another book, to which I ask, why does he keep appear like, why does he keep appearing? as an old geriatric man uh, the, stumbling well, of ill health. It is not old, a great look for him. He's very old. Is, I'm going to choose to be on... I'm going to choose to be unchallenged on that point and leave it there. Danny, please ask a question ah! about Abaddon. I'm going to abuse my power. It says in the style guide I can do that. That's later. It's like, it's, it's page, at the end. Literally page one. Yeah, yeah. I have it here. Oh, I read it cool. down. Everything. It's only one page, though, so... Yeah. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the discovery of the main character. And as Kaon kind of acts as the agent to which this book is being is, is allowed to exist. Um, like he's the one who introduces basically all of these cool characters. Um, he is the book itself, right? So uh, he we get introduced to to Abaddon, who is just an ultra badass in basically every way, right? Sure. Um, his eyes are bleached from staring at the fire tide for so long, like he's been looking into the Astronomicon. Um, he's got the Talon of Horus in a in a stasis field, still wet with Sanguinius's blood, which is insanely intoxicating, apparently. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. It also it almost kills Kaon when he when he like takes the the stasis field off, right? Right. Um, Thank God yeah, for so this magic is a mumbo jumbo to save him. <laughs> right he's actually susceptible because of his magic mumbo jumbo the other guys right. are like whoa cool talent he's like oh my god cool talent you know put it away yeah right. also yeah. good job gw making uh, abaddon's eyes be bleached white so i don't have to worry about painting pupils but then it's actually it's actually bleached gold gold yeah, yeah it's gold if you if you don't if you don't paint your abaddon model's eyes gold it's wrong well that's one more thing I did wrong. Danny, you were saying before I, I so really interrupted again. Oh, no, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this scene. Oh, and the finding of the vengeful spirit. Yeah, they're so, on the vengeful okay. spirit. Right, they're on the vengeful spirit. I personally think, like, this the spirit ghost thing is lame. Uh, whatever, it's fine. Um, oh, the crystals? Yeah, I, I generally just kind of think that's lame, but it's fine. Um, so we find Abaddon and he's just been chilling here for a million years, but he hasn't been just chilling. <clears throat> he's also, uh, walked on every planet in the eye of terror, all of them, every single one. Each uh, of them. He stared in the, he stared in the eye of terror, uh, so long his eyes become explosively gold. Uh, he's killed everything oh, right. in the entire world or, you know, whatever he, uh, he has a giant stash of weapons, which, you know, uh, he's just done a bunch of alchemical stuff just kind of for fun. He's like, man, I'm going to create ectoplasm today and I'm going to use the tears of a virgin and the blood of seven nerds or whatever. We um, could generously characterize this as he has gone through all of the different sorts of things that the chaos people do in the eye and right. achieved some level of expertise at all of them. Be right. it weird transmogrification or finding out what the eye actually is. His horde of weapon is is like a really dirty college dorm, 
right. but just for weapons. There's just piles of priceless relics on the floor, right? Mm-hmm. He's set up as a man who's like done all of the things, let the Legion Wars go, which is a primary focus of this book, that all these right. legions are tearing each other apart. Yep. And the crystals were cool. Sorry, continue. So the only thing I don't really like about this part, or Abaddon in general, is that we don't get to see any of that cool <clears throat> stuff. We're Fair. just told. We're just told that he is the coolest boy in school. And I don't know how much you guys keep up with the Horus Heresy, but I just read Saturnine like yesterday. And this Abaddon and that Abaddon are monumentally different characters. And that's yep. fine, for sure. I would just really like to have watched that terrible Abaddon in the Heresy become this cool Abaddon. I think it sucks that we don't get to see that, and that's really kind of my main beef with it. I think Games uh, Workshop other- doesn't give a lot away when you could also have a trilogy that is Abaddon doing cool on his own, written by Aaron Dembski Bowden. I would just rather read that. That's my. I, I want to read about the Black Legion. I want to read about Abaddon. I don't want to read about this stupid, sad nerd who <laughs> constantly sells himself into slavery for fun to... Uh, okay, so Kaon is a character who constantly sells himself into slavery to feel some kind of connection. And that's cool. And his horde leg, robots. And horde robots. His leg yep. is hollow. It means he has no meaning in life. Uh, everything that happens to him is out of his control. And... I don't want to read about that kind of character because I just live that every single day. So <laughs> you're, making it, you're making it sound like Kion has an OnlyFans account. Uh, um, not anymore, John. Does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to respond yeah. to that one, Taylor. That was a good okay. one. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so, all right. So after they meet Abaddon, he's like, "Well, I planned this whole thing. Uh, every single and this kind of feeds back into my Kion thing is." He's like, well, every single thing that's happened up this up to this point, I planned it. I knew it was going to happen. It was my big joyous plan, and uh, I'm glad it happened. You're all here, thanks to me, Lamau. Um, and that just kind of feeds back. Like Kaon has nothing to do or say. Uh, it's either Zinch or his father or Abaddon. Someone is constantly corralling him to do whatever. Uh, I think a really huge missed opportunity is ha- is to have Kion feel literally anything at all about Prospero and the Sons of Horus's role in it. Like he talks about it for two sentences and he's like, yeah, it's fine. Actually, I think it's really cool that they did that. They're very smart. It's very pog. It really sounds me that before today, I love this book, but the more I hear both of you guys talking about this, this is legitimately just oceans 11. They form a crew at the start of the movie there's they no heist, John. Heist. Well, like they do their little mission. Well, we're, we'll get to that there. And then at the end, when they go to do things, Abaddon's like, yeah, my plan came together. Just like this twist that I came. And heist movies are awful. And I, and- I hate to ruin all of story for you, but Brandon Sanderson says a thing that I think is correct. There's really three stories. There's the hero's journey. There's underdog sports story. There's the heist <laughs> film. That's every book right. you've ever read, my dude. And unfortunately, or fortunately, because the soundtrack to Ocean's Eleven is great, you should listen to some metal as you read this book. This is a heist book. You meet Abaddon. You don't think he's very cool or what have you. I think he's very cool. Kion's anger is reserved for the wolves, right? That's what he has he, the strat well, for. No. Reroll like, hits and wounds or whatever. He's still he pretty upset. Have that. 
he's not. Dude, he's not. He's his not whole life is collecting. Tanner, Black well, let's Legion. go to Taylor. Taylor has his, oh, like, I can tell from, from knowing Taylor, seeing his face bunched up like that means he will literally explode at any minute if we don't let him talk here. So, so what were you going to say there? Uh, I, uh, it's, it's, just, he's, it's just nothing. He's just nothing. They're like, uh, actually, okay, so when he does talk about it, uh, and he constantly dreams about wolves, whatever, who cares? You have nightmares about your planet dying. Yeah, I get that. That's fine. Um, he constantly... Well, not constantly. The one single time he mentions it, he's like, "Yeah, um, the Sons of Horus had a big brain for betraying us like that and making us all die. It was really cool. We have a special word for the wolves that means the deceived, but the the emphasis is on how Pogchamp the deceiver is instead of the cringe of the being deceived. And like, that's it. That's all you got. Cool. Awesome. I'm glad we can have absolutely." No narrative tension at all between you and Abaddon, and you will just slavishly follow him from the millisecond you meet him. Very happy that happened. Uh, oh, and like he has, like he has an argument with Abaddon about the Legion Wars, and Abaddon is like, "Yeah, I didn't care. I didn't care at all. I just simply decided to leave. Why did you care? Do you care at all? Do you have any feelings at all?" And Hold on. Is like, well. Uh, you got me. I guess I really don't. I guess I don't have any feelings all in my body. I simply chose to leave my legion, like you simply chose to leave yours. And yeah, what do you need me to do, Taylor? Oh. He he quickly replaces that lack of emotion though with the thing that Abaddon is best at, which is another reason this book is great. Because I agree, Horus Heresy Abaddon. Soup. That was your thing, John. That's fair. And you guys abandoned it. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Those damn carbs. He was, you should have gotten a sponsorship. He was very whiny <laughs> in the heresy, correct? Supreme. Are you with me? Supremely whiny. He addresses it briefly in a throwaway line in this scene where he says, right. that was the old Abaddon. This is the new Abaddon. This right. Abaddon has walked on every world. He stared at the sun for way too long. He got all these bolters, right? <laughs> and at the end yeah. of that, what he discovered was he built the Imperium. All of sure. the Marines built the Imperium. And what are they doing here in this slanesh butthole sort of vortex area, right? That's right. not where you want to be. Let's go back to the Imperium. Let's remember that we hate. And this is another cool part of the book where he's a Sith Lord the whole time. True. They have a word for it, Vindicta. It means right. revenge because it's fake Latin. But he inspires <laughs> all of these guys who come onto a ship, and by all I mean three, who said, hey, Abaddon, we're stealing your boat. You're a cool guy. you got a cool glove. you got a cool vibe but we're taking That's your boat that you're all blind because you store stared at the sun for too long but we're gonna no, what just he made saw it. in yeah. that sun was that they should go conquer the imperium and that's what he rallies them all on he's a charismatic guy he's the first guy to bring purpose back into the eye of terror yeah i guess i just really wish we could have gotten to that point with him as a character instead of being told that from the perspective of some stupid nerd who's completely hollow inside who has, no opinion, who has no opinion about it at all. We should like, have six books narrator. in the series. Person! It doesn't, <laughs> we don't have to have a narrator. Just that's <laughs> just... But that's but that's not... Our, our, I mean, like, that's the narrative choice that the author made. I think it's totally fine. I think that that's kind of... I think that's probably pretty close to how a lot of, like, Greek tragedies and things like that as plays were, were enacted, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but those are all nerds. <laughs> all right, touche. I, I can't Taylor, argue against that. I can't argue with it. That's a case of models. 
that's the beginning of the galactic map all right we're all nerds we love the game sometimes you gotta love what's going on and this is when the black legion becomes the black legion this book isn't about the black legion it's about the beginning and we should talk about the end of the book because it's got your favorite guy in it fabulous bill i love that's coming up can we I talk about the idea. fabulous bill part at the end to wrap yeah, this well, up? We gotta we gotta get there first, and yeah. the way we get there is that we take uh, Kion's decrepit sister, who's been floating in a tank this whole time. We uh, unplug her, plug her into the Vengeful Sphere. Yep. And she's like, "Cool, without a crew, I can fly this continent in space, and it'll be her, fine." Her crew is okay. two hundred brains that are duct taped to the the, the sides of her can- tube. Those I don't. Turn- I don't think we. I don't think we covered this before. So, Danny Tanner, did did we bring up already how the battery for the vengeful spirit is just a bunch of brains and some dude's sister in a vat? Please explain First why this is a cool guy. Like, what's that? Cool guy because he takes his sister. I mean, that's just good. That's family. Just like Fast Nine, okay. it's all about yep. family. It's all about it family. All about family. Yeah. It's all about how when you introduce your sister to someone new, after you let her out of the basement, she immediately likes them more. <laughs> That's what this book is about. Um, so, okay, cool. <laughs> yes. I mean, I have no words. It's absolutely true. <laughs> you let her I out just of the forgot they were like, hey, bro, welcome aboard my ship. By the way, can we use your sister as a battery? Uh, I was just... Uh, yeah, that you have it on your best friend. Yeah. Uh, so okay, cool. So they plug the lady into the ship because this is an ABD no- novel, Lamau, um, and she turns the ship on and she's like, "I can fly it by myself. It's the easiest thing in the entire world to fly this continent." I don't really care about this part. I just think it's kind of stupid that they don't have to have any crew or whatever. Like there are some servers walking around, but like it's literally like the size of the fourth of a, a fourth of a planet. Taylor, when they scale up the crew. Dude. They fill the room with goats. Like it doesn't get any better. That's chaos, you baby. You gotta that's embrace the, it. That's, that's like jumping on the control panel. I just want to like, know where you got the goats. They're braying all over the place. Every chaos ship. They actually, you know, like the crystals. They explain the chaos ships quite a bit, and I think it's cool. Chaos ships are like this. It's like a stack of layers. Up here, people and some goats. All the way down here, absolute horrific <laughs> monsters of psychic pus. Right, and right, in the middle. Totally. That's where you put your sets of nine demon bros and nine angry world eaters, right? Right. So if you There's need goats, seven of them. okay. If you need goats up here, though, you just yeah. you just go down until you find goats. But where? That's where chaos. Every ship. Maybe that is Chaos' true purpose is the goat breeder for the Black Legion to make yeah. sure that the ships are stocked enough. He so has like a very stuff to chew in the cables. He has a close has relationship a very, with the yeah. number one goat guy. Yeah. Like their butts in the book. Yeah, he has a very personal relationship. With his best friend Goatman, he literally rewinds time on him, so that's fun. Yep. That's um, actually a spell called temporal manipulation. That was I thought it was maybe warp time. Uh, no, Danny, that's called that doesn't pressage. Now. That's, ridiculous. that's absurd. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that footnote. <laughs> that's absurd. Yeah, they change all the spells in the new codex. It's actually oh, very confusing, okay. but yeah. Right. So, so okay, so they plug cool. your sister and they fly. Right, she's she like immediately the millisecond she gets in the vegetable sphere, she's like, "Man, Avadon is so much cooler than you." And up until this point, Kaon has been completely unable to get a reaction out of her at all, right? And he like mournfully puts his hand on the glass and he's like, "God, I regret everything that's ever happened in my entire life." Yeah, and he's like, "God, I ever regret everything that's ever happened in my entire life." My sister is a corpse or whatever. 
do you even know who I am at all? And she like blankly stares at him and she's like, I'm the Anamnesis. And then she gets on the, the Black Legion ship and she's like, wow, time to murder, kill, love. Um, <laughs> That's actually order. explained <clears throat> via a machine spirit interaction. As you right. seem like a technical kind of guy. Yeah. There's already an Imperial spooky space magic going on in every right. Imperial thing, right? For sure. You oil up your AI and then you plug it in and you pray right. that it works. So when yeah. you combine that with your 300-year-old sister who's been living in a tank filled with brains, right. that's where the personality emerged. It's an emergent <laughs> property. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. For sure. But so uh, the okay. sister got I can't believe you're trying to say this isn't it. a good book. Yeah. Like this is peak 40k, dude. <laughs> Guys, we've just spent the past five minutes talking about how some guy's dead sister in a tank of brains powers an entire continent-sized ship. That's fine. So, okay, so we're flying, right? We're flying. We gotta go. We gotta go bully the Third Legion. We gotta go make them realize that they suck. So we're flying, and uh, Kaon is concentrating real hard. Yes, he's he concentrating is. so big, right? And why is he concentrating? Well, I'll tell you. He's concentrating because he's keeping a strike cruiser, the Talok, behind the Ventral Spirit. He's dr just dragging it with his bind. He just he latched on, and he's like, man, you're coming with me. He is the psychic uh, trailer hitch to this right. Yep. He's also keeping it completely invisible, which, all right, cool. He's a big magic man. Nothing matters. Who cares? It's fine. So they're going, and then they... Okay, so we get to we get to Harmony, right? We immediately drop out of warp. We are immediately on top of Harmony. It took three seconds. It's fine. Cool. It's the most heavily defended part of the Third Legion's entire everything right now. But whatever, you just you just you just drop there. It's cool. So they drop down. They immediately start bullying everybody, and then Avalon is like, "Do it!" And so um, Kaon with his huge brain. Uh, hurls this ship at uh, at the planet, right? And they don't shoot it down. They don't they don't use the, their bigger space laser to be like, we knew this would happen. That's why we have big space lasers. Blazam! They don't do any of that. They just kind of let it hit the planet, and then everyone dies. And then the fabulous Bill books happen like 500 years later. But uh, fabulous Bill escaped, right? He's like, man, I knew this was going to happen. My brain is also huge, and so he's leaving. He's leaving. And, uh, oh my God. So he's on a ship and they're like, God, we got to blow, we got to blow up that ship. We got to get all the stuff in there. We got to get all the stuff. And, uh, Horus is one of those stuff. We haven't talked about it at all, but one of the main plot points is that the third Legion is trying to clone Horus. It's actually the other of the two plot points, right? Find yeah. the vengeful spirit. Right. Go stop Horus from being cloned. Right, but that would never happen, except it did immediately. But now we're combining those two plot points by using the vengeful spirit. To stop Horus being cloned, we're Let's locked hope in. They assemble a crack team of people, yeah, yep. uh, like randoms to come together to pull off this job. No, they they just they just teleport on there. It's actually called a ragtag, John. It's a ragtag bunch of cast It's, it's Kaon and like yeah. six goats. <laughs> it's Kaon, six Wouldn't goats, it be nine goats? goats. No, absolutely not. <laughs> well, nine Kaon, plus Kaon, yeah, six goats. Oh, so Orvine. In Abaddon. There, you got your nine. Boom, so, got him. Right. So, okay, so after Kaon has spent the past six months curled into a fetal position, concentrating his brains out... Being massaged by his sexy dark elder girlfriend. Right. With, right. That's explicit, oh, yeah. It's very explicit. Which is essentially necrophilia at this point, because she's very dead. 
It's a weird thing. Hey, to drop. look, guys, let's not start an argument here on whether or not Keon has a penis or not. I really don't want to get into that. Like, so it's just <laughs> it's unimportant to the story, and I don't want to start talking about it right now. Cool. Sounds good. Okay. Cool. Will do. <laughs> All right. Good. Awesome. So cool. We're on. We're on Fabulous Bill ship. Obviously, the Vengeful Spirit is the most powerful thing to ever exist. Nothing can ever stop it. So we can kind of just do whatever we want with it at this point. So uh, we immediately board Fabulous Bill ship. And also, uh, Kaon, again, after six months of doing magic stuff with his brain, is completely fine. He doesn't need to rest at all, whatever. He's hurling lava down the ship corridors, and he's doing big fire, and all the other generic magic stuff you can use to describe combat that means nothing. Because, again, being a wizard has no consequences. And then we get, we get to Fabulous Bill's laboratory, and Fabulous Bill is like, man, I'm glad I remembered to put all of this Primark stuff in here before I left. That was very prescient of me. Uh, and Abaddon is like, man, you're stupid. You suck. You know, whatever. I'm cooler than you. My eyes are gold. Uh, and then Horus drop kicks the door down. And he's like, you know, actually, I'm the coolest. It's Well, me. Abaddon's not even there yet. Abaddon he's is having there. His, no, he's, he's having not. his buddies yeah. do all the fighting. Doesn't he teleport on? When they find so, Horus. So Wasn't speak he for Taylor time? here. Abaddon has to use his very big brain to find a oh. big enough room to teleport Abaddon oh. in. Yeah. Right. Yep, 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 yep. Right. Cool. The a big enough room in a ship in 40k. The yep. things that are like six miles long. It takes a while. What right. happens cool. next is another cool part of Kaon, man. I know you hate him, Danny. You're making a great point that he's a narrator because he's a narrator, but he's also a classic sci-fi fantasy trope, which is your reclusive warlock wizard guy, right? He's sure. a space wizard. He's got a retinue. All of his time is devoted into acquiring lore and resources and the retinue are the resources. And they get spent like hotcakes as soon as Horus comes into the room because he gets hit one time, which is about what an exalted sorcerer can take. And then you have to spend your gyre, your wolf, your demon host, right? Boom, yeah. explodes in the way. You spend your Drakari Scourge. Anything in 40K can take one hit and she takes one hit being really fast, right? No, she's fine. Well, okay, she's alive and dead the whole time. We can agree to disagree. But I just want her body to explode. You've I complained think that's completely fair. that there's no downsides for Kaon. And the downsides are at some point you find out you're a shitty wizard compared to the big bads in the story, right? You have all these mind powers, but when you get in close, you're not that tough. He gets his ass beat by Horus. He survives at the cost of everything that he actually cares about. It's it's the wolf. That's, that's a pretty yeah. good personal loss for and some of his story. He gives, up the, he he gives up the rubricate that were his friends from childhood. Yep. And we're talking, yeah. I got to keep you in context. This is a Warhammer 40,000 novel. That's like the most emotional hit that any character has ever taken on screen in any 40K book I've read. And I think I've read all of them. You know what I mean? Man. Your best friend, well, your sexy dark color girlfriend. I got to here real quick to, to do a quick correction. Um, I've been kind of silent. There's been a lot of great points put on chat, but bringing them up would really ruin the flow. But it's it's been... Because they're very accurate, and then we kind of just stop a couple things. That's uh, not us. They, they, they are bringing up uh, that it's not Horus, like very aggressively letting us know that it is not Horus. It is a Horus okay. clone. Okay. Okay. Sure. okay. I feel I feel like okay. I really don't need to qualify that. It's obvious. We started this conversation with the Horus clone. Yeah. I'm not. I will weep if you ask me yeah. to. I will Let's just, just cry. Big old HC. Just add a clone to it. It's fine. Perfect. Yeah, I got you, you guys. 
Got it. Yeah, I appreciate that. There you go, Twitch. Cool. Love it. All so, right. Taylor, please thing, tell me why that's not a real blow for a character in a 40 The only book. thing that actually happens is that he, he loses the wolf. The <laughs> Deldar lady is fine. His sister is the same as she's been for 300 years, except she just likes Abaddon more now, which, fine, I guess. If that's a upset, loss. Is it a loss? She's she's right there. You can, My dude you can has look at three her. friends, and now he has no friends. Sorry, one friend. One Actually, friend. it's four. Elf friend? Sister friend, Makari, right. the named Rupert K friend, right. and Wolf friend. And now we're uh, down to one friend, Elf friend. Wait, you're, you're classifying you're classifying his catatonic sister who's ignored him for three hundred years while being a battery for a ship as a friend. Yeah, the life in the eye of terror is pretty rough, John. You nailed it. She's just like she he doesn't lose her, she's just right there. She he just moves her from being like a two-hour walk away yes. to being like a four-hour walk away, and, I, and more I importantly, just, loyalty. I just lost. don't, I just don't feel the emotional resonance of having to walk a little, a little longer. I just don't feel it personally. Oh, <laughs> so okay, so the wolf does die, but the wolf sucks. So that's great, awesome. I'm glad. Um, except she's a demon. You could just summon her back at any time. Oh spoilers well, no spoilers for book two. Right, spoilers for book two. But it, like no, I didn't okay. warn people about that. So I think the only actual loss. Okay, so that's not that's in the second book too. It's not in the first book. It's all in the second book. All of this context for those loss is in the second book. Yes. It's not here. It's yep. just a soulless nothing in this book. Who's like I'm the biggest strongest boy when it's magic time, but also you know you can just tap me and I'll fall over and die. Except I won't. I got you know. I got smacked by one of the most physically powerful forces in the clone. entire setting. Yeah, clone. clone. Uh, and I didn't die because, you know, I'm very cool. I don't know. Whatever. And that's that's all I feel from this character is everything he says and does and looks at and comments about is, is like laser focused on him just being a cool man. I just don't care. I, I understand don't you care. don't like the narrator in this book, but we do get to see a little bit more of Abaddon, who is central to the thing that you care about, the Black True. Legion. Agree. He has his moment here at the end of the book. He does. It's a pretty good moment. It's good. He yeah, defeats like, Horus. Like the you're not my father line is great. Horus? Clone. Yeah. Sorry. Clone. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. defeats Horus using the claw, the alpha weapon that he's sitting on, because the Black right. Legion, as much as they're a compilation or a coagulation of all the nine legions, they're also the best hoarders of all the which sure. is part of their theme. Yeah. He defeats Horus. They have... Clone. Thank you. Before or after the fight, a quick conversation with Fabulous Bill, who in this book is poorly portrayed as sort sure of a is. gross old man, right. covered in sores, just doing gross kinda, chaos stuff. Kind of sucks. Very Clone. accurate. I played sixty possessed, and that tracks like it's definitely on Fabulous's Bill Five. In the book, yeah, he's a bit taller. He is a little taller now. Yeah. At the end of this, you have a Horus exceeded his father, right? Right. This is like a little bit of a classic narrative archetypal journey, and right. now he is ready to take the Black Legion into the book that you actually want, which is Black right. Legion Book Two, Black totally. Legion. Yeah. And I All just right, wish guys. we. Okay. Cool. I was gonna say, great wrap on a great book. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here, um, uh, and then you're right. Like I think before I'm gonna I'm gonna give you guys like thirty seconds each to do your hard pitch for the book, both pro and against. Um, but beforehand, for the benefit of some of us, Danny, could you inform me how a trilogy would be structured? So a 
a trilogy is structured in that the first book is really an introduction to the characters and we don't necessarily get an, an introduction to the story itself. We don't really get into maybe some of the true meat of the story until the second book. And then the third book is usually a conclusion to the story. And also several years late. Uh, but we'll start with uh, the away guest, Tanner. Tanner, you have, I'm going to cut it even shorter, 20 seconds to okay. sell me on why Black Legion is the greatest book possible. Go. Black Legion humanizes chaos. It makes the archetypal bad guy of the whole 40K narrative human, interesting, flawed, but interestingly so. And it follows the best black library formula that they've written which is a cool psycho narrator with a cool Amazing. cast. Amazing, great. Doing Love cool that stuff. roundup. Good job, Tanner. I am a hard ass <laughs> when it comes to that cutoff. Like, kabam, you got to go. Uh, <laughs> Taylor, you, you too have 20 seconds uh, to describe this book here uh, and its benefits. And go. Uh, Kion is a soulless husk of a nothing that is a at the same time of power fantasy that gets in the way of me seeing more interesting characters settings and plot points and that's my that's my big thing i don't even need all those seconds yeah see you you finish with extra time on your hand danny anything else you want to add on here sort of to wrap this up uh in the and as the chat has corrected me this is actually the plot to oceans 12 so thank you uh but danny what what have you got here clone clone perfect um guys black legion is is we're on book two right now i super enjoy it yeah it has kind of some issues there but i think it is a super good book if you enjoy it too do not send pictures of your genitals to iron dempsey about it i don't like that that's <laughs> becoming a recurring bit on this show um, but i feel it's mentioned weekly now that that is not a great way to to, to celebrate um that's going to be it for us for Grim After Dark this week. We're going to end on please don't send people pictures of your genitals. Uh, next week, live 10-ish, uh, uh, we're going to have the incomparable Nick Danavati on from the Art of War to talk about how he started that business, oh. that coaching service, uh, and kind of everything he's done to grow his brand. It's a, a super interesting conversation. I can't wait to have it there. Uh, but yeah, for John and the Frontline Gaming Network and the rest of the crew and all of the TVs, uh, we will see you next Tuesday.